Hi everyone, how are you doing today? I hope you're having a good day. Welcome to a Tamika Michelle podcast show. Today is my rough draft three and I think I'm going to publish this particular story. It's my first short story. I've been doing rough drafts, rough drafts, rough drafts. And I've discovered a variety of different ways of how to express myself through my first love of creativity is my love play on words. It's not a poem, even though I really do enjoy poetry. I enjoy creating stories, but this is the actual true life story. This is when nature captured behind my lens. Wild nature behind my lens. A lot of people ask me questions like, how did I get that shot? Let's get off of that real quick. Let's get right to the story. So, again, thank you. Welcome everyone who's came to this podcast show. You are welcome to listen in, bring your ears close, because I'm going to entertain you with the art of storytelling. So it is about that time to find out what I'm making reference to. So, welcome. Welcome to a Tamika Michelle podcast show. And I will be discussing the wonder of so much nature. Which nature? Hmm. Well, thank you for coming, by the way. Can I just thank you real quick? Just show you a sense of gratitude and appreciation, so. Thank you. Thank you. Thank all of you. And welcome to a Tamika Michelle podcast show, where the art of storytelling is going to entertain you. Do you like storytelling? Hmm. Well, I know I do. I enjoy it. It's a lesson, I think, especially I really am into, you know, real life stories. I know I'm not the only one. Please don't make me feel like I'm an idiot. Like I'm the only one of the, the wonder of... Storytelling. Storytelling. So welcome to a Tamika Michelle podcast show. I'm here to discuss a shot that I captured. So let's go a little further, shall I? And let's get right to it. Now, I hope I got your attention. Thank you again for allowing me to express fun on words. So, I'm telling you right now, stop, hold up, wait a minute. Now, let's dig all in. Stop, let me take you on a trip where your own instinct wildlife created such well my own instinct not your own gotta change that (laughs) um so i put my own instinct let me continue because that's the whole point of me doing the rough trap is looking at what i gotta correct so it looks like i have one correction it's okay i tell myself to be patient i don't know about you but like I am a writer, okay? A lot of us are writers, fantastic writers. Just, we suffer on, you know, discipline. Yeah, discipline, discipline, discipline. 
I wasn't really aware of that. Because I said at a certain age, I wanted to get back into writing. And this is the year. This is the age. And I got all this damn time. Maybe you're like me and you got all that time. You got the time. I felt like you should use it appropriately to where you are a benefactor. So, let me get to this story. I do apologize. I'm correcting stuff. Well, you should never be, like, feeling bad for correcting something. So, I don't like mistakes, though. Mm. Especially in writing. I'm very specific about that. So, let me try this again. Here I go. Stop and take a listen. So, I'm going to just say the word stop. I'm going to start with the word stop. Stop, 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 stop. Listen to what I have to tell you. Ready? Stop. Let me take you on a trip where wildlife, trusting my own instinct, made a simply shocking, amazing wildlife shot. Okay, I see something else I need to correct. Made a simply shocking wildlife shot okay let's take a trip let's take a trip four years four years four years back four years back one years ago let's turn the clock let's turn back the clock rewind rewind ready the year was 2000 it was the year was 2016 that time was in the summer of so basically it's 2016 august 2016 so that's the summer this is on the campus on the on the camden campus of Rutgers university i was standing right in front of the Paul Robertson building. This building, this building is open to the public and of course to its students and faculties. If you are a resident and you have a state ID, a valid state ID, well, you're able to check in into the library. And use the their public computers they had available. Don't know how Rutgers is running if they're running unless they're doing like everybody else and they're online. And I get that. We all in the COVID, you know, pandemic. So let me continue. This is a before COVID nineteen. So 2016, August 2016. I checked in. I just got done with my 90-minute pass. If you are a resident with, like I said, a valid state ID, they'll let you in and you get a 90-minute pass. And that's what I just got through using. So, let me continue. So, as I got finished with my pass, my 90 minutes was up. And I had just 
just got through the double doors. It's the entrance of the uh, Paul Robeson Library. I was right outside. I stood in front, in the front entrance. Not not in the front entrance. I'm sorry. Let me say that again. I was in. I was right outside. I just got through the passing the double doors. I stood right in front of the entrance doors. I observed the atmosphere full of life and all sorts of life. The green grass, the tall, tall trees, the white, pink, purple, yellow flowers planted in the black mulch. You had students, teachers going back and forth in and out of the library, everything from security guards to, you know, professors visiting, even going across the way on the right side where the student center lay at. The student center. What's the student center? This place was the next busiest place, probably more busier than the library, that stood across from the library. This is where also this is also where the campus cafeteria was. So people love to eat. You get me so you know people going in and out of there. The food was good. So well I wouldn't know because I've actually ate there. Next was me still standing still observing all the mammals. And I also other I also observed other mammals like that was in their natural we were I don't know if we are in our natural habitat or it's both. We're both in each other's natural habitat on the Camden Rutgers campus. So I observe living life like these uh, mammals, like the wild bunnies that were brown and white spotted, quick moving and fast. Next, my eyes seen an abundance of squirrels hanging from the trees, popping in and out of the public trash cans, eating food from bystanders like myself who would feed them. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I'm nurturing them, can't help it. And they know how to, you know, get the food. They're clever creatures, they're known for that. Let me reintroduce myself. I am the visitor standing, observing all the wildlife, the wild activities. Oh, I forgot to share this. I am a freelance photo artist who observing all this wildlife around me Here's a big wave, and folks, pay attention. Here's a big wave. Hello. I'm going to put that there. Let's see another correction. A wave. Hello. Hello, folks. Pay attention to this moment. I wore my Fuji Zoom lens camera around my neck. Out, I noticed out of all the beauty for wildlife, I seen 
on this campus, I noticed one special subject. There was wildlife everywhere, but I noticed only one. This four-legged creature laid face down on the sidewalk about eight feet from the entry way at the very bottom of the stairs of the Paul Robeson building. I'm going to answer the question so many people today ask me. How did I get such a stunning shot? Well, here's a clear answer. I trusted my instinct, not my logical mind. And understanding I was brave. What, you still don't understand me? Did I lose my mind? No, I followed my heart and broke all the rules. Fear told me that it may tell you. Fear told me, let me explain. I'll get to the point. I'll get to the point. First thought, my first thought was this creature laying face down on his face was dead. My second thought, which was right, which is shocking, my second thought on this creature was to take a shot. This means I felt this rush as I tiptoed down the stairs holding my camera as I so gently came down the stairs. As soon as I was in front of this creature, the long gray and white tail Move, move, and it's four legs laying straight and flat. Seeing another correction, folks. <laughs> I was right in front of the head of this, this one. Which, which, which soon popped his head up as he rested on his arms his two ears were up standing at attention his eyes were wide open this this cute lost look of what was written across his face. I snapped a full body picture of this one. Legs flat. Legs flat on the ground. It's gray and white tail that lay near the black mulch. I took a full body poster shot near the, as I said before, the black mulch where the library's campus flowers were planted. In shock that this freelance photographer captured a stunning shot by surprise. This is how I captured my shocking full body squirrel shots 
on Camden campus of Rutgers University in New Jersey. Now, I was able to describe it, and I know I didn't do the best job in storytelling. I had some mistakes. I had some mistakes. There's nothing wrong with having mistakes. I have to tell myself that. It's sometimes I get so frustrated with me because I want to do everything in excellence. And maybe you're like me, you're an artist, and you get me. So most artists, I think it's a great thing if you being an artist, an athlete, if you can correct yourself and be completely okay with that. Thank you for your family's applause. Thank you. Clap with me. Don't you think I did a good job? I mean, I made a real good try of, you know, editing. That's basically what I've been doing lately. This is my Rough Draft 3, and I've been doing a lot of um, error correcting, so... I think it's a great thing when you have the ability to correct your mistakes and not feel so bad. Like, I remember getting angry, frustrated because, like I said, I have a high expectation. And, like, yes, I admit it, I be feeling ashamed when I be like, you know, how the hell I made this mistake? How did I misspell this word? Or my handwriting is so... I'm one of the generations that still know how to do cursive, but her handwriting, my handwriting is, you know, not the clearest, especially when you're rushing. So I would like to hear maybe your, um, your views. And this has been a podcast show where I entertain you with the art of storytelling. I hope you enjoyed this podcast show as much as I enjoy creating it. So, the great thing about today, I got to express how I, how I capture a natural shot they call it a wildlife shot is my genre on the campus of Camden Rutgers. Yeah. yeah. And I'm very excited that I was able to express it. Sometimes I get fumbling mouth even though I'm not technically looking at you as you're receiving and you me doing a public speaking. Sometimes I feel nervous like I'm doing a public speaking. And I get shocked at myself presenting things without feeling nervous. Like I said, if I can give you any message beyond other things on this storytelling rough draft podcast show, it's really simple. Do not be so hard on yourself. I had somebody teach me that. Be gentle with yourself. Be kind to yourself. And if you can't be good to yourself, the world itself is hard enough, and I have to tell myself this. See, I'm not going to give you advice that I'm not learning how to take myself. And yes, I'm learning to take it in. I'm learning that I am not 100% perfect, 
but I think it takes a a certain mindset and perception to be willing to correct your own mistakes. To be truthful with you, I'd rather correct my own mistakes before someone else do it. So, see, I'm preparing this story for an adventure in um, contests this month. Just in case you like writing, just in case you have a couple of short stories available, um, Writer's Digest have a competition and you will go ahead, check it out. You would, might want to check it out because the exposure and things that they offer, I think you might want to be a part of that. It's the right, see as an artist, it's not just being exposed, it's the right type of exposure. So, I'm very proud of myself of doing my third rough draft. So, I'm probably going to do a fourth one. I'm thinking, and I'm going to be done. Meeting, I'm going to make my final cut. And, um, really be able to present it before a professional audience. And, of course, you are my subscribers, my potential subscribers. Don't know if you could become my subscriber, but you can. You can. Y'all have been doing that lately, and I'm so grateful that you find what I say important. I'm not used to honoring my voice, but one of the, one of the great things about being an artist, the first thing you learn to honor is your very own unique sort of voice. If it be by painting, sketching, if it be by performing artists, if it be by visual artists like myself, digital visual artists like myself, all of it even lyrical artists like myself. Look, your work counts. Your voice counts. You count. Sometimes I feel like we're in a world that wants us all to be blended in one. And it's such bullshit. I don't like it. I mean, I'm just going to be straight up with you. I don't like it. So why well, I don't like it? Because I'm a leader. I'm a natural born leader. And if you are a natural born leader, you don't like that shit either. You ain't going to put me and blend me with everybody else because I look a certain way or I'm a certain age, you know, or I'm a certain nationality. I'm proudly African-American female woman, heterosexual woman. And you know what? I'm grateful for my life. And I'm so grateful for it to a point to where I've been through so much stuff. I don't know about everything you've been through. But I can tell you a little bit about mine. That story I was talking about, you would like to know where I was at in life. Four years ago, I was homeless. Oh God. You might not want to hear all that. That might be just too personal, right? But um, I'm not homeless anymore, you know? I'm not trying to offend anybody or make somebody feel uncomfortable. Oh, she's saying she was homeless. I don't feel ashamed of it. Because, see, I don't know why some people are homeless, but I know why I was homeless. I was escaping an ex-husband who was abusive, and he wouldn't leave me alone. In another state, y'all, way in Las Vegas. That sounded a bit bizarre, but that was the life I was living on the strip of Las Vegas, Penhallow, four years ago. Really grateful that I got not only away from the 120 swelting, you say it's, oh, that's dry heat. I'll tell you a secret. If you're in a state, in a city where it's so hot that um, your clothes change colors, the dye of the clothes change colors, 
that's too damn hot for everybody. Um, including me who stayed there for eight years. I ain't gonna lie, I went to Vegas, it attracted me. How did it attract me? Well, so I just wanted to be somewhere where there's no snow. I was living in Philly when I left. I used to stay here in Jersey some years ago. I went to school out here, did some, this is the only place I actually um, accomplished um, my certification as a massage therapist and was quite successful. Graduated with a 3.8 GPA. Very proud of that fact in Mount Lord, New Jersey. But let me continue. So, this is me telling you how far I've came. I was homeless really because I was in a crazy, living a crazy lifestyle. How did I get out of it? I wanted to get out of it. Someone said, you want to get out of it? Yeah, I did. I want to get out of it. I want to get out of being in fear from a, a person who's actually my ex-husband. I actually filed the papers at legal aid and we were actually divorced and he still didn't want to leave me alone. And I'm very grateful this person did not carry out his threats of taking my life. He used to hit me even when we were divorced. Like you can't never make some people happy. Like <laughs> I'm very grateful that him knocking me down and slapping my body to the ground on the ship of Las Vegas didn't cost me my death of my life. I used to be a woman on the ship of Las Vegas. Well, they say that song, Bag Lady, ain't nothing cute about that stuff. Try not to curse because I care about my listeners. I care about my potential clients. I've sold 471 pieces in counting of my work since I came back to New Jersey. What work? I do photography, like I said before. I do, obviously, stories, documentaries, videography. I've been inspired so in a, such a big way here in Jersey. That's the thing I like about Jersey. They openly accept and support, and like they're like your cheerleaders here. We believe in you. Whoa, I don't. I didn't get that in Las Vegas. I surely how to get that in my hometown. So, but I knew Jersey was like that. I when I left Jersey, I left for the wrong reasons. I'm being honest with you. I was a success. I had multiple jobs, and I was going to school. I should have stayed here, but I was following a crooked church. I wonder where it was a crooked church. Okay, um, they were branch out. Their home based church was in. I think North Philly, and I'm not even sure if they're even around anymore, but you know, I can't hold my breath waiting for people to fall because they did something wrong to me. And because I trusted them, not knowing, not evening, I was, I was in my 20s, y'all. I didn't know any better. These vultures. But let's not be on the subject of yesterday's pain, but I wind up moving from Philly way to Las Vegas for eight years and it had its good points and it had its highs and it had its lows. My first I stayed three years there I really enjoyed it um, but my last three years I didn't know how I lived and survived but one of the ways I survived was penthouseing. So when I decided to get away from Las Vegas and wanted to get out of that I actually Purchase a Fuji zoom lens camera, the same one that I was telling you about in my story. Yeah, that was the same exact camera I purchased in Las Vegas, Nevada. 
Vegas is known for the pawn shops too. That's also I would say a comfort if you want to like just shop pawn shops. Vegas inside of their pawn shops has some things that I don't see in everybody else's pawn shop. Me who's lived in other states and cities. I don't regret leaving Vegas because I've actually had exes try to get me to come back but there's a reason why your ass an ex. Okay so um, you don't have to worry about my ass ever coming back because there's a reason why you're an ex. You're no good for me. I had to basically tell the person that you're no good for me. So I know Jersey is home for me. I've been back here for four years now. And when I came here, I came here literally, it's a story about my life too. When I'm talking about my wildlife subject that I took pictures of, I'm talking about me too. I'm talking about how I overcame in a dark situation. I didn't have, some people have some spectacular family that's very loving and supporting. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Bravo. Everybody ain't got that here in the United States. I hate to say that because this is a great country, but a lot of us are loners. A lot of us are forgotten. I was one of those people. But I'm so grateful that those three Christian women who didn't know me but knew my God, mm -mm -mm, Jesus, had compassion and empathy for me. See me on the strip. I didn't go to the people when I was on the strip. I just laid to the side with a sign that read help. And look, I ain't trying to be too specific and give you a song and a dance. Look, help. That's it. I need help. So these three Christian women actually invited me to coffee. They were there for a wedding from London, England. They weren't even Americans, y'all. Okay? And I got to tell you, when you're in a knee situation like I was, I was needing to get out of that life. It was crazy for my ex-husband throwing me on the ground, slamming me on the ground. Him, who was an ex-football um, slash basketball player. Matter of fact, he had a scholarship for basketball. So this man was very strong. It didn't take much to pull me up as a woman, to pull me up and throw me down. So, yeah, that wasn't fun. <laughs> it was painful and scary and terrifying being pushed around by somebody you ain't even married to them no, no more. And you know what? If you're married to somebody, don't give them the right to, to treat you like crap while married or after marriage. But I kept dealing with that. So, I am grateful that I'm able to talk to you about this today. I'm grateful that... I'm free and I'm happy and I'm doing me, y'all. We I don't know if any of y'all have divorced, but when you get divorced, you learn to do what's best for you now. If you had to get divorced, is a reason with an S reasons that you had to get it. And I had to get my divorce. Trust me, I tried to make it work for two years. I was married to this crazy man. And yeah, it just didn't work. Some people are so messed up, love is just not enough for them. And those people you want to leave alone. <laughs> Especially when they require your safety to be in limbo all the time. Like I went through with my ex. Am I bitter? At first, I was in rage mode. I ain't gonna lie to you. When I first left my ex-husband, I was in like fire rage mode. I was going off on any guy. Not just for no apparent reason. It was something they did stupid that was insultful 
and I was already mad at him. But we something small and minor versus being slammed on the ground on the strip of Las Vegas. You know, he deserved me going off on him. He deserved a variety of things. But you know what? Today, am I bitter? When I first left him, I was, I was more than bitter. I was enraged. And I was going the hell off on every male that came at me the wrong way. Like, if Tamika's coming, you better watch out. That was real shit. I feared for you. Because I didn't even know what the hell I was going to do. But it wasn't going to be pretty. And, <laughs> and um... All jokes aside, y'all, today I am not bitter, I'm stronger. What do I mean by that? I tell you what, I ain't gonna let no man put their hands on me and call that shit love. I ain't gonna let no man even threaten me. You hear me? If you a man that threatened me, and I've had it happen to me once here, actually twice in my four years, that's not too bad. In my four years of being back in Jersey, I've only had two men that threatened to hit me but it never had enough balls to hit me but I tell you what when the LA was gonna hit me I let them know you will get hit back I let them know that I will knock you out <laughs> well I didn't let them know but I sure the hell was thinking it the point I'm making is I defend myself now because I love me now and I'm so grateful for my life when you have your life in limbo and you're lost for years at a time like I was, and I ain't completely blaming my ex-husband, but most of those three years, I was running from my ex-husband. I'm keeping it real, but I was underly employed at the Walmart in Boulder Highway in Las Vegas, Nevada. You could care to look it up for yourself, by the way. I also try to give like sources that you can look up. You know, Google is a great source. I think it is personally. So. I used to work across the street from the Sam's Hotel Casino. Many times I used to stay there. I used to be secretly homeless for like maybe six months on the streets because I knew the shelters were well, shade tree shelter. Wasn't the best place to be for me because I've been through that, right? So I was secretly homeless. How are you secretly homeless? Well, in Vegas, they make it very easy to blend. That's the one thing I can give Vegas. If you want to blend and escape and be somebody else, you can in the same state, in the same city. Yes, you can. And get nice and lost via something and someone else. So by day, I worked as a front-end cashier for that 5198 Boulder Highway Walmart as a front-end cashier. The friendliest cashier came in there with my clothes neat. You didn't know the night before I was sleeping on the strip. I was sleeping not only on the strip, I was sleeping on the double-decker bus. Vegas don't have transfers. They have a 24-hour bus ticket. It's $5 for the locals. And by the way, if you want to visit Vegas anytime soon, go ahead and um, ask the double-decker bus drivers. Can you get the local cost? price versus the seven dollars i mean i'm just saying you gotta save some money because when i went down there to visit in this july that's what i did i didn't say i was local i recognized one of the drivers remember i used to be on the bus for six months so i know a lot of damn drivers okay <laughs> so you recognize each other friendly black guy 
he picked me up not too far from the Heart Attack Grill on the Fremont downtown and I went to go take pictures and do some video because I had a story to tell and I had a face, I made the choice to face, um, well, where I used to panhandle at. I was terrified to go there at first, but I thought it'd be wise to video, video, um, and take pictures of where I used to panhandle at, where it all, be where it ended for me, where homeless ended for me. I was chronically homeless for six months, so Tamika was literally shaking when I took this video. I was shaking. I was scared. First, I was scared because I got through it, y'all. You know, some people don't make it out of homelessness. I don't know if you're aware of it, but and there's people who survive for years and years, like I was able to. Some people can't take what I took. I don't know who killed themselves at that building. What building? The Fashion Show Mall. See, technically where I was sitting at was on the Fashion Show Mall bridge slash wind bridge. I was next to the elevator and, up, and right in front of me was the escalator stairs. So there's another floor that's higher. You take the elevator there or the escalator stairs and you get to where the food court is at. Well, somebody, don't know who, they said they were what? Somebody that was homeless. It was a guy. Okay, the cynical... cynical Cynical side of me wanted to kind of think, oh, that was my ex-husband. No, nah, he's too selfish to kill himself. I ain't got to worry about that. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. All jokes aside, the sad part was this person, I guess they couldn't take it no more. I don't know if y'all know, but a lot of homeless people are broken people. Not that they don't matter, but that's how I used to feel like I didn't matter for a while. I remember not believing that I can get out of it. I had people talk to me to encourage me out of that depression. And I'm so grateful that I'm here today to tell you that miracles can happen. And it happened to me. And it keeps happening to me. And I hope that more miracles keep happening all for all of you. But the tragedy was this guy couldn't take it no more. I used to think about suicide too. But I didn't have, I wouldn't say the word guts. I guess he felt like there was no way out. And a year after I had left, someone unfortunately literally got up at the top where the food court is at and threw his body over the over the pathway where there was traffic and killed himself. This was literally one year after I left. And more than likely, I probably knew who the person was. By the way, most of the homeless people, especially in Las Vegas, we all know who each other are. We all know where our little spots are for our pin handling or if you're hustling, like you're not supposed to hustle water on the strip, but a lot of the Mexicans do it, but there's some black folks that do it too. My ex-husband was one of them. Well, he's black and Native American, but 100% nuts. <laughs> Someone say, well, what if he's with somebody else? I'm like, ooh, poor girl. <laughs> Because if she go through half the chaos that I went through, ooh-wee, I hope she can run. Because all he going to do is, is torturing her for his own selfish needs and wants to use and abuse you. It's a sick selfish need, but it is. He said the word selfish. I call it violent. I call it abusive. He would use words that didn't make any damn sense. Like, first of all, he said he was greedy. No, you're... 
you are irresponsible and greedy, not selfish. Selfish is about themselves, not I'm going to hit you, not that I'm going to take all responsibility and throw it off on you. That's called being irresponsible, inconsiderate, and abusive. This is what you enjoy doing, but like the Tamika who I am today versus back then, I was so damn scared all the time with him. And I'm so grateful. Guess what? That's not my life today. Guess what? I don't have to be afraid to come home. I remember times before, before I became into homelessness and we were staying together. I remember being afraid to go home where I paid rent at with him. When he paid rent, which didn't happen often at all. But the point is, I used to be afraid to go home because I didn't know what else he was going to try on me. Anybody who's been through the abusive situation understand where I'm coming from. I didn't know what monster I was going to deal with getting home with this man. I used to stay off Flamingo. It's a, it's a suite not too far from the Hard Rock Hotel Casino. The Hard Rock is not too far from the Fortune Inn. You can look up all these places. I was told the Hard Rock is closing. hope that's not true, but it may just be true. Um, because Vegas, unfortunately, they're kind of known for having the casinos closing up. For whatever reason, they have to close it down. Guess it's not enough business. So, um, yeah, that's why I used to say that. And um, that was the beginning of ours, our marriage. But when he decided that he didn't want to, you know, put everything on me, then he said, I want to save my money. And I was greedy and selfish and irresponsible. And it's not fair to the person that you was with. But you know what? The great thing about who I am today, I wish you well. That's where I have to be. I can't be like, oh, he's with someone else. Ain't like he had big money. <laughs> I was the one who had the money. I was the one who was holding him down. The little money that he kept to himself. You know, God don't like ugly folks. And God was fully aware of his madness and terror that he put upon me. But you know, I wish him joy now because I'm happy now. Why? Because I grow beyond a point of pain. It's not easy growing beyond a point of pain, but it's, it's a sacrifice worth taking. I remember when I made the choice to finally leave him for the 11th time. I left him like 11 times, y'all. I was more away from him than being with him, okay? Being with him and being homeless and, oh God. So I literally fought my way out of it. I fought my way out of it. How? I didn't like, actually hit him, no, of course not. But I actually got the law on my side and first thing I put, I was moving to a new place without his, him knowing where I was at. I moved to a place where he don't know. See, I knew I stayed in Vegas longer than him. So I knew Vegas like the back of my hand, which he did not. He knew Vegas like, he's been, he was there for like three years and I was there for, well, when I left, it was in total eight years. So last time I heard about him, cause we have mutual friends that um, I talked to on Facebook. He's still hustling on the strip of Las Vegas. Damn, I hate to see him, I pity him now. When I was with him, I was like really scared of him, but today I pity him. 
talk about growing. I pity you. You, this is the way you make money. Running from the police because it's illegal to sell water in Vegas, believe it or not. And, you know, he don't want to agree with that. But yeah, he still keep getting locked up for it. It's, it's insane. And he's still on the strip doing that, hollering ice cold water. <laughs> I laugh, not because he's suffering. I'm laughing because this is his life. And I got out of it. I got out of the insanity. So, I just told you a lot of stuff about my life. But the great thing is that we are survivors and we get out of that chaos. Don't know if you're going through any type of chaos, but look here. Your life is too, way too precious to keep allowing people to use you as a emotional abusive physical mental financial keep going okay <laughs> abuse your body is worth so much your life your mind your heart is worth so much i had to learn being with him that loved it and require all that you know so today if i'm gonna date somebody it's gonna be at a standard and it should be at a standard most people that i meet who love themselves when I tell them my story, they say, well, you shouldn't even have to put up with it. That's kind of the point of loving yourself. See, here in Jersey, I'll tell you, I've met all sorts of people. And I, sometimes I joke and say, these are the circus, circus people that should be in Vegas. <laughs> they have the same mess of mentality, but they live in Jersey. And I'm like, mm-hmm, y'all should be in Vegas. Only thing changed with them was the names, the people, of who I knew, they're living their life crazy as shit, getting high. Y'all might be aware of them. Don't know what state is listening to me, um, but these people, all you do is use and abuse people, and and then they think like, you know, real life is like like a porno life, and like my thought is, whoa, okay, and then they do it for basically the love of it versus. In Vegas, you're going to pay some money. Not necessarily in Vegas, but like in, um, so, um, and I'm not going to advertise a brothel house, but I know in outskirts cities outside of Las Vegas, you can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> and, um, I laugh because it's like, people grow up in that place. People call that place home. I wouldn't want to raise kids up in Las Vegas. It's too, it's taken sex and perverted. How do you become overly sexed to a person like myself who loves sex? I mean, come on. I'm not like an idiot who can't control herself. Hold on. But a lot of idiots live up in Vegas and they ain't trying to change. They die like that. They have no problem, <laughs> you know, with dying in that type of way. <laughs> Things we choose to consume our life with. But let me get off of this podcast show because I'm sure you have other things to do. But I hope that you enjoy me telling my stories to you. But the great thing about this story, and I'll tell it to you about your story, is that you survived. And you have a story to tell yourself. You have to do what's best for Y-O-U. Thank you for allowing me to entertain you with storytelling because I love the art of storytelling. 
I hope to hear from you soon. I like to hear your compliments and your voicemails that you've been leaving here on this podcast show. Yes, you can leave a voicemail. And I would love for you to become one of my subscribers. You can subscribe today on this podcast show. Thank you again. This has been a storytelling, rough draft, real life storytelling about my art and my first short story. And of course, my life, the long story, I think. I like to believe I live a long life. So that's a good thing, right? So long life is important. Good long life is important. This has been a storytelling podcast show over and out.